Hello and welcome to Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is episode 101. In today's podcast, the primary reasons why your dog or cat gets sick. Diet, it's the key to a healthy pet. These are some balanced homemade recipes for dogs, another one for cats, including what ingredients really need to be added. Can your pets get COVID-19? This is an update. Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. I'd sure love it if you'd subscribe and leave a review. Questions or comments, feel free to send me an email to podcast at veterinarysecrets.com. Then lastly, but not least, I encourage you to get a copy of my free new book called Natural Health for Dogs and Cats, in which I share the most important foods to keep your pet healthy and naturally treat disease. You can get your copy by going here, www.veterinarysecrets.com. Why your dog or cat gets sick. Has your dog or cat had any of these diseases? Ear infections, skin allergies, urinary tract infections, arthritis, dental disease, seizures, vomiting and diarrhea, hip dysplasia, kidney disease, heart disease, pancreatitis, diabetes, liver disease, thyroid disease, autoimmune disorders, cancer, recurrent eye infections. These are just a few of the more common chronic health conditions affecting our dogs and cats today. A big question on many pet owners' minds is why? I mean, it's no secret we have a pretty unhealthy population of dogs and cats. Our pet population is sicker than ever before in history. And a big concern is that in spite of all the supposed medical advances, we are seeing more and more diseases such as cancer at younger and younger ages. You know, I'm seeing illness that revolves around a breakdown in our pet's immune systems. In fact, I suspect that most of you listening to this podcast have had a dog or cat with at least one of the more common chronic health conditions. So what is it? Why are your pets getting sick? Well, here's what a few respective alternative veterinary practitioners have to say. Michael Dim, DVM. Over the past 40 years and 17 generations of dogs and cats, we are seeing tremendous increases in chronic ill health of our pets that was rare back in the 1960s. Most of these illnesses revolve around a breakdown in our pet's immune systems. They include chronic skin, ear allergies, digestive upset, thyroid, adrenal, pancreatic disorders, seizures, gum and teeth problems, degenerative arthritis, kidney liver failure, kidney liver failure, and cancer across all ages and breeds. We are also seeing a record number of behavioral and emotional disorders, including alarming and unexplained fears aggression, as well as difficulty focusing, training, and paying attention. The analogy of these compared with the escalating immune behavioral diseases in children is quite disturbing. The two biggest factors in our pet's population health decline over these generations has been the severe overuse of multiple vaccines and nutrient-poor and toxin-filled commercial pet foods. We have also failed to address the underlying cause of the disease by only suppressing symptoms with antibiotics, cortisone, and related drugs, so the disease progresses and goes deeper. William Pollack, DVM. Recent studies have shown processed foods to be a factor in the increasing number of pets suffering from cancer, arthritis, obesity, dental disease, and heart disease. Dull or unhealthy coats are a common problem with cats and dogs, and poor diet is usually the cause, according to many veterinarians and breeders. Dogs, cats, and other animals, they live for years on foods that come out of bags, cans, and boxes. But do these foods really promote health? If they did, our companion animals, they would enjoy long, happy lives free of arthritis, hip dysplasia, eye and ear problems, fleas and other parasites, gum disease, lick granulomas, thyroid imbalances, skin and coat problems, birth defects, diabetes, cancer, and other major and minor illnesses. 
Let's talk about your pet's immune system. You know, your pet's body has a very complex immune system that's designed to fight disease. Most pets are healthy, interspersed with bouts of occasional problems. Overall, they're much healthier than many of their owners. But when our dogs and cats do get sick, there's a good chance that something is interfering with their natural defenses. The key to self-healing is having a strong immune system. Antibiotics, they may fight disease, but they don't improve the immune system that failed to prevent the disease in the first place. You know, these can include things such as immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, immune-mediated skin disease, you know, vaccine-induced skin cancer in cats, skin allergies, arthritis, leukemia, inflammatory bowel disease, just to name a few. No question, there's all these big links to some of the more common chronic health diseases of dogs and cats due to over-vaccination. Why is this happening? We have your dogs and cats' immune system becoming overtaxed, responding inappropriately, resulting in diseases you know, such as environmental allergy or atopy, and all these other diseases that we've listed. In my opinion, our dogs and cats are suffering from generations of over-vaccination, which when combined with inadequate or improper nutrition, poor breeding practices, and environmental stressors are leaving each generation more and more susceptible to congenital disorders and chronic disease. So hearing all that sounds pretty doom and gloom. A couple big points I want you to take out of it. Number one, feed your dog better, feed your cat better, really think about what's going into their mouth. Avoid exposing them to toxins. You don't need all those toxins in your house, out of your house. And number three, my big opinion, give them less conventional things. So less conventional medication, especially less conventional vaccines. What's going into your dog or cat's mouth? Diet is no question one of the big keys to a healthy pet. Some of the symptoms of a less than ideal diet can include bad breath, itchy skin, dull dry coats, intestinal gas. A common disease that can be attributed to diet in our animals, especially cats, diabetes. Clearly commercial pet food does not provide all the nutrients that many dogs and cats need to be healthy at different times in their lives. This food can also contain things that your pet doesn't need, you know, such as chemical additives, chemical preservatives. There's a number of different uh, chemical preservatives, BHA, BHT, propylene glycol. Unfortunately, even some of those have been linked to cancer. One of the single most important things that you can do for your pet's health is to feed a more natural diet. So in my opinion, probably the best foods for your dog and cat are those that you make at home. Why? Because you know the ingredients, you know that what you're feeding is fresh. Yes, there's the concern of the diet not being nutritionally balanced, yet most homemade diets, in my opinion, are far better than most kibble from a health point of view, even if they're not 100% balanced. And if you are varying your dog or cat's food, you're still feeding some kibble, some can to your cat, then you don't need to worry about it being 100% balanced. But if you are solely feeding a homemade diet, it does need to be nutritionally balanced. A couple options. One, you can go to the website, balanceit.com. They'll actually design 100% balanced uh, dog or cat food. Or you can listen to this diet that I'm going to list for you. For dogs, key points for homemade dog food diets. In general, for dogs, stick the macronutrients of one-third animal protein, one-third healthy carbohydrate, such as sweet potato, one-third veggies, you know, such as kale, spinach, carrots, fat in the form of sunflower oil or coconut oil, fiber in the form of the veggies, the ground flax, plus a calcium supplement in the form of ground eggshell. Things to think about. Number one, focus on the protein with balanced amino acid profiles. Lean beef, chicken, turkey, and egg. 
Number two, the carbohydrates, they're not necessary, but the non-grain carbs provide additional nutrients. For instance, in brown rice, it has fiber, protein, calcium, iron, selenium, and the B vitamins. In sweet potato, there's fiber, protein, vitamins A, C, and E, potassium, and B vitamins. In potato, there's potassium, vitamin C, the B vitamins. Point number three, additional balanced fat is necessary. A good omega-6 to three balanced nutritious fat that I prefer is sunflower oil, but you can also use coconut oil. Point number four, an omega-3 fatty acid supplement should be added in the form of krill oil, fish, or flax oil. Krill is the most nutrient-dense and beneficial of all the products with a great EPA, DHA fatty acid profile, plus it contains the antioxidant astaxanthine and is also high in vitamin D. Point number five, calcium is required as bones are not being consumed. I prefer eggshells dried, roasted in the oven for 10 minutes, then ground with a coffee grinder. You can also use over-the-counter calcium carbonate. Point number six, vitamins. Vitamin D is needed, but it's in the egg yolk and red meat, as well as being in reasonably high levels in the krill oil. Vitamin E, it's in the sunflower oil and the coconut oil. Minerals, iron is in the animal protein and spinach or kale. Zinc is in the red meat and flaxseed. Copper is in the spinach. Iodine is in the egg yolks. Potassium is in the sweet potato and regular potato. Fiber, the veggies are a great fiber source as is the brown rice. And the best source in my opinion and also the healthiest is the ground flax. This is a homemade beef stew for dogs. Simple, easy thing to make. The recipe makes it two meals for a 50 pound dog. So you can adjust accordingly. Beef, natural organic stewing beef, two cups. Sweet potatoes, boiled or cooked in a crock pot, two cups. Carrots, steamed or cooked in a crock pot, two average sized carrots. Spinach or kale, steamed and chopped, one cup. Sunflower oil, two tablespoons. The omega-3 fatty acid supplement, krill oil, 1,000 milligrams. Calcium supplement, 2,000 milligrams. That's one teaspoon of a ground eggshell. Ground flaxseed, one tablespoon. This is a great slow cooker recipe. You can combine everything, the beef, sweet potatoes, carrots, covered with water. After four to six hours, you can lightly steam and chop the spinach or kale, combining it with the stew in the crock pot. Allow it to cool, mix in the oil, the omega-3 fatty acid supplement, the calcium and the ground flax. You need to grind the eggshells fine in a coffee grinder and you're giving a full teaspoon of ground eggshell that's gonna give you 2,000 milligrams of the calcium. Let's talk about feeding your cat for our cat parents out there on the podcast. Our cats, they have a much better chance at optimal health if you're feeding a canned food diet instead of dry kibble. Putting a little thought into what you feed your cats can play big dividends over their lifetime and very possibly help them avoid serious, painful, and life-threatening costly illnesses. Unfortunately, like medical doctors for people, veterinarians receive very little training in school about nutrition. And what is discussed is often taught by representatives of large pet food companies. They're heavily sponsored and heavily influenced by the commercial pet food industry. Clearly, this is a big conflict of interest. Unfortunately, the result is that many veterinarians are not always the best source of nutritional advice. All cats, they should be switched to a water-rich, low-carb diet. What's wrong with dry kibble? You know, including any of those prescription diets sold by your veterinarian, where there's three key negative issues associated with dry food. Number one, the water content is too low. You know, this predisposes your cat to serious and life-threatening urinary tract diseases, including extremely painful and often fatal obstructions. Number two, the carbohydrate load is too high. 
This predisposes your cat to diabetes, obesity, and intestinal disease. Note that the low-carb drive foods, they're not healthy diets. They're still water depleted and harshly cooked. Number three, the type of protein. So many of this, this dry kibble, it is too high in this plant-based protein versus the healthy animal-based proteins. Our cats are obligate carnivores. They're designed to eat meat, not grains, not plants. Grains only serve to enhance the profit margin of the pet food company and don't promote the healthier cat. Our goal here is to feed a diet that nature intended for our carnivores, staying as close as possible to the form and nutritional composition that our cats would eat in a natural setting. So here's my suggested cat recipe. A few things to keep in mind. The average cat eats about a third of a cup of food twice a day. The most important ingredients include a good quality balanced protein, poultry is best, a balanced omega-6 to 3 fat, I prefer sunflower oil, additional calcium, and added taurine. As most home diets are taurine deficient and cats require this amino acid in the diet for normal heart and eye function. Additional fiber. Some cats can become constipated if only eating a homemade diet, so additional fiber may be necessary. You can consider adding in one teaspoon of canned pumpkin. Many cats like it and only use the pumpkin, not sort of pie filling. Or consider one teaspoon of ground flax. Both are great sources of fiber and do provide additional nutrients. Here's the basic cat recipe, which is based on chicken. One pound of fresh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts. One tablespoon of sunflower oil used to cook the chicken. Fish oil, one tablespoon, 1,000 milligrams, or krill oil, 500 milligrams. Morton's light salt, a quarter of a teaspoon. Morton's light salt, a quarter of a teaspoon. Calcium carbonate without vitamin D, regular Tums, two tabs, or 1,000 milligrams. You can also, also use a half a teaspoon of ground eggshell. An adult multivitamin mineral supplement, one tablet or one scoop of ultimate feline. And then lastly, the taurine powder. It's essential for cats. A quarter of a teaspoon or one 500 milligram tablet. They're gonna saute the chopped chicken breast in oil until it's thoroughly cooked. Sunflower oil is best. After it's cooked, chop it into really small pieces. You're gonna grind the calcium carbonate or the eggshell, mix it together, adding in ultimate feline or another multivitamin mineral supplement, adding in the krill oil and the taurine supplement all at once. And you're gonna add all those supplements to the cooled mixture and then store it in the fridge. The average cat will eat about one third of a cup, well packed twice daily, but they may eat this entire amount of the recipe for a day. The recipe makes about one cup. Can your dogs or cats get COVID-19? So what's the risk of animals spreading SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 to people? Well, this virus spreads mainly from person to person through respiratory droplets from coughing, sneezing, and talking. At this time, there is no evidence that our animals play a significant role in spreading the virus that causes COVID-19. Based on the limited information to date, the risk of animals spreading COVID-19 to people is considered very low. The first US case of an animal testing positive for COVID-19 was a tiger at the New York Zoo. We're obviously still learning about this virus, but it appears that it can spread from people to animals in some situations, especially after close contact with a person with COVID-19. There have been reports of animals being infected with the virus worldwide. Now, there's a small number of pet dogs and cats have been reported to be infected in several countries, including the United States. One ferret was reported positive in Slovenia. Most of these pets have become sick after being in contact with people that have COVID-19. Several zoo animals have tested positive throughout the world, including large cats and great apes. And there's one more reason why there probably should, we should not have animals in the zoos in the first place. Mink and COVID-19. My opinion, there should not be mink farms. 
SARS-CoV-2 has been reported in mink on farms in multiple countries, including the U.S. Right? And what they're seeing is respiratory disease, increase in mink deaths have been seen on most affected mink farms. Usually what's happening is you've got infected workers likely introducing this virus to, to the mink on the farms. The virus can then spread from mink to mink. So what do you do if you have pets? In particular, this is the CDC making these recommendations and they're saying if you've got COVID-19, it's in your house, what do, how do you deal with your animals? Like, are they at risk or not? They're saying it's very unlikely, first of all, your dog, your cat's gonna get COVID-19. And if they were to get it, it's extremely unlikely they're ever gonna pass that along. It's possible that one cat could infect another cat, but there's zero evidence that it's gonna go from cat to, to people. So that was the one big risk. But here's some of their recommendations still. They're saying keep cats indoors when possible. Don't allow them to roam freely outside. They're saying avoid public places where a large number of people gather. Don't put masks on your dogs or cats. They could harm your pet. They're saying there's no evidence that the virus can spread to people from the skin, fur, or hair of pets. Do not wipe or bathe your pet with chemical disinfectants, alcohol, hydrogen peroxide, or other products such as hand sanitizer, etc. Talk to your veterinarian if your pet gets sick or if you have any concerns at all about your dog or cat's health. So if you're sick with COVID-19, what they're suggesting is you strict contact with your pets and other animals like you would with other people. They're saying, until we know more about the virus, people sick with COVID-19 should avoid contact with pets and other animals. They're saying, when possible, have another member of your household care for your pets. Avoid contact with your pet, including petting, snuggling, etc. If you must care for your pet or be around animals while you're sick, wear a mask and wash your hands before and after you interact with them, which kind of makes sense. So what they're saying is like, don't don't infect your pet. They're saying if you're sick with COVID-19, your dog or your cat becomes sick, they're saying do not take your pet to a veterinary clinic yourself. If they need to go see a veterinarian, you wanna arrange for someone else to do it, which makes a huge amount of sense. So in conclusion, could your dog, could your cat get COVID-19? They could. Fortunately, it's very unlikely, and if they are gonna get it, they're not gonna spread it to you. And as it sits now, I mean, that seems to be the case, and there's very, very teeny numbers reported uh, around the world of dogs and cats testing positive. So I really think more than anything, it's like focus on your own health, keep your dogs and cats healthy with some of the suggestions like about making a home diet, and you know, just take care of yourself. Thanks you guys for listening to this edition of the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. It's Dr. Jones. This was episode 101. Questions or concerns, send me an email at podcast at veterinarysecrets.com or, and if you've yet to do so, I encourage you to get a copy of my free book, Natural Health for Dogs and Cats at www.veterinarysecrets.com. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. It's Dr. Jones.